Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, God is... He's always at work. And uh, it's so amazing to just be in His presence. Um, you know, we one moment with Jesus... And change everything. You know, we can, you can bring me down a little bit, sir. I'll, I'll probably start talking louder in a second. Um, you know, we, we can't, we can't give anybody else any other answer but Jesus. We, we don't have a, we don't have anything else but, but, the gospel of Jesus, who he is and what he's done, that's that's what we have that's what we have to offer. And I feel like God is is uh he wants to continue to just allow our hearts to become awake to who he is. Uh such a such a powerful word um that my wife just shared is you know, sometimes you can be in church all your life and you can say a phrase over and over again, like, uh, God is love, you know, and we, oh yeah, God is loving, God is loving, or God is love. And we can, you know, you can quote the scripture, you can put it on your wall, you can do all, you can do everything right. I'm not saying there's anything wrong, but there's, there's sometimes when you just realize those things, oh, where you really know, oh, God is love. Oh, God is love. And then it's no longer, it's no longer a concept. It's no longer a, uh, just a principle, you know, like we're, we're not trying to just give each other principles here. Here's some nice principles so we can have a good life. Uh, cause lots of people have a good life. A lot of people have a good life that don't know Jesus. It's not a full life. It's not ex- the life that God wants, but they have a good life. They can have a nice life. Uh, we've got to offer something more than just uh, words on a page, if it's just words to us, but something that's a reality, uh, the reality of who Jesus is. Uh, and that's why, th- that's what Sunday's about. Sunday is about so we can encounter Jesus and allow him to fill us so that we can give him out the rest of the week um, so we can become filled up not just for our sake i mean it's never just about it's never just about me getting something that's where we get off track in the church sometimes it's we're always so focused on what we can get what we can get and we don't realize that it's freely you've received then you freely give if you have a revelation that god is the way maker Whatever that is, you know, in your life, then guess what? You've been given that. That's been, that's been given to you and now you get to freely give that out to somebody else. Uh, you know, you can share it with words, but when you share it with your words and you've experienced it, I believe there's going to be power behind it because the Holy Spirit is working something in you and then you speak it and it's released with something more than just the voice of you. There's the power of God behind it. There's the heart of God behind it. There's the, the life of God behind it. 
And that's why it's so important for us to, to, to make sure that we're with Jesus, that we, we get with Jesus because he's the one that releases those things in us. He's the one that makes the love come alive. He's the one that, that makes hope come alive. He's the one that, that releases joy. He's the one that brings purity, you know, where, where you realize, oh man, God has purified my heart and my mind. And now I'm free and I can, I can share that. God has freed me. Last week, I'm still thinking about your testimony, Katie. You know, freeing you from rejection or what, whatever it may be that you're dealing with. It's now like, wow, you now, it's not just the words on a page. God's going to, you know, you're adopted. You're, you're in God's family. He loves you. You're his daughter. And then there's something where you experience that in a fresh way because there's, there's always more. There's, there's always more to God. It's like, oh yeah, I know that. So, you know, sometimes we get, you know, you don't ever get a degree in Jesus. You don't, there are no, they are no notes today on this. So, uh, you don't, you don't get a, a diploma where like, congratulations, now you know all about Jesus and you're ready for life. You know, woo! <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't happen. You don't, you don't ever, you don't ever graduate because you're always growing and always learning. Uh, you know, the only time you graduate, you have to die. And that can be a good thing. If you're a believer in Jesus, that can be a good thing. Uh, I don't want to die before my time because I want to do what he's called me to do. I want to be who he's call, called me to be. But when my time's up, then, hey, what? I'm ready. That's the graduation time. But when we're on earth, we're still growing. We're still, we're still receiving. We're still having our glass that's seen darkly kind of wiped down a little bit more where we, where, man, I'm still seeing through the glass darkly, but man, there's some, some light shining through and you get a glimpse of light and it's like, oh, yes. I just have one thought today to share. Open quickly to Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 35. And I'm just going to, we're going to read a few scriptures about Jesus, and this ties into exactly what I was just talking about in terms of God releasing uh, his heart in us, his, his life in us. Who he is in us. And it, it says this, that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You know, when Jesus, when Jesus saw the people, he, he released the heart that was inside him. You know, the word, um, the word for compassion there, uh, the Greek word, kind of the root of the noun comes from the word for your your inner parts, your like kind of your intestines, uh, like it was actually they used the word in before the New Testament in Greek for the 
when they would burn the sacrifice of the inner parts of the of the animal on a sacrifice. And so it was it's kind of like this something that comes from deep within you. Again, it's like we're talking about a reality that's been released in your heart that's not just in your head. It, Jesus wasn't walking around with just his head like, I'm the son of God, and you know I memorized all this stuff, and I've got it all right, and I, I know all the things I should do, So, and I'm supposed to be loving, and because I'm supposed to do this, I see the people, and then I do what I'm supposed to do. I, and sometimes, is that how the way we sometimes live as believers in Jesus? It's like, I know I'm supposed to do this, so I just I do this, and I do this, and, and our heart isn't engaged. Our, our inner self is is not engaged, but... I mean, the very word itself, compassion, is there's there's something from within me. It's with passion. You know, there's it's not just a thought. It's not pity. It's not like, oh, I'm really sorry for you. That's I can mentally feel pity for someone. I can go, oh, that's a really that's a really. I'm really sorry you're going through that. You're like, I know that's bad. But when, when it's something where your heart is affected, where your inner self is affected, where your, where your spirit is stirred, that, that's where compassion is released. And Jesus walked around with compassion being released. Let me read you a few more scriptures just to make sure we're convinced of this. I know I'm preaching to the choir some, with some of this, but walk through it. It says in Matthew 14, 14, we're going to just go through these quickly. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Next one, is it 15, 23? or whatever the next one is, 1532. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people, for they've already been with me three days and have had nothing to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry. They may collapse on the way. That's where Jesus, you know, was fed the, the 5,000. You know, he Jesus didn't do it because he wanted to show a great miracle. He did it out of his heart for people. In other words, he saw the people said, because of my heart for people, because I have compassion on them, now the disciples didn't have compassion, right? They just had their 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 brain engaged. They're like, "There's a lot of people here. We need to. They need to go get something to eat. Like, can we just send them to Taco Villa? You know, you know, Taco Villa's got good burritos. Well, you know, some of you can't eat anymore, but you know, uh, I still like Taco Villa every once in a while. Um, but you know, we need to send them down the road somewhere where they can pick up a snack because there's there's too many of them. And Jesus is like, I have compassion on these people. I'm my heart is being moved for these people. So we have. So in other words, his heart was moved for people. And then he's like, you know, he was in communion with the Father, and the Father's like, I'm I'm multiplying the bread. All you have to do is just just hand it out. <laughs> this is what I'm doing right now. I mean, what did Jesus say? I only do what I see my father doing. So he saw the father multiplying. He knew that the father was going to multiply the meal in that moment. And it was his heart was connected, you know, with heaven and it was being released on earth. And so next one. Jesus had compassion on them. These blind men came and he touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Next one is Mark, right? Mark 141, Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Now, the, the word there, indignant, is that same word. In other words, it was like he wasn't upset at the guy, like, ah, man, why are you coming to me? I'm getting tired. I've healed like 67 people today. I'm at my limit. No, he, it was, it's that, it's that same word. It's the same Greek word there. It was, it was, he had, he was moved in his heart. 
If you've ever read the story in John chapter 11 where Lazarus has died, it says that Jesus was like, he was angry in his spirit. In other words, there was, there was a part of him that was moved. It's that part of compassion where you're moved with a heart for someone because you're, you're angry at what they're having to go through. In other words, he's, he's angry that this man has been outcast. This was a leper coming to him where he's had to live this life where there's like this, this, his heart is moved with, with compassion towards the man, but anger towards what has attacked him. Anger towards what has, has tried to enslave him and press him and, and keep him chained. And so it was out of his inner self. Uh, it happened in the same way, you know, a, a story that Jesus told when, when somebody said, hey, who's my neighbor? Because Jesus said, hey, and love your neighbor, you know, what's the commandments? Say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And then it says, one of them asked, this is Luke chapter 10, if you want to check out this parable. One of them said, well, who's my neighbor? You know, I just, I don't want to, you know, I want to, I want to have a qualification here. In other words, I just want to meet the minimum requirements. I mean, that's, that's really what the question was about was, I'm glad, I, first of all, you're probably, I'm sorry that I asked Jesus, the son of God, what are the most important things? Because then he's going to tell you, and then you receive the truth and you're like, ooh, that's really, it sounds really big. Um, so who's my neighbor? You know, can I cut out a section of people because, you know, there's a section of people on this earth that I don't want to be my neighbor. Right? I mean, first of all, we don't want to live next to everybody, right? I'm sorry. I don't want to live next to all of you. So um, don't move into my neighborhood, okay? My, the house next to us got bought, so I'm sorry. So we have new neighbors. Um, so... Um, but we don't, you know, that's, that's the human heart. It's like, we don't, we don't like, is that, is that everybody? You know, who's, who's the neighbor? And so Jesus in ter- tells a parable. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan, whereas this guy is, is attacked. You know, he's physically beaten and robbed and left on the ro- side of the road to die, basically. And then you've got the, the priest and the Levite that come by. In other words, the religious people, the churchgoers. It's the churchgoers. Not it wasn't just the pastor. Okay, we're going to say it's the churchgoers too. But I mean, they were the priests and the Levite. They were some of the leaders of the religious people. And it says, you know, because the guy was a Samaritan, they're like, he's not my neighbor. In other words, I have I have a category in my life where that person doesn't doesn't apply to love your neighbor as yourself. And so then it. Wait, no, it wasn't a Samaritan. The Samaritan comes later. I'm mixing up the story, right? Somebody tell me, you're mixing up the story. Okay, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so the, it, this guy was not a Samaritan. It says a priest and a Levite came by, and they didn't help the guy who was one of their own. Excuse me. And so then the Samaritan comes by, and it says the Samaritan is the one who's the outcast for the Jewish people to who helps this man and takes him to a hotel. He pays for him to stay and says, if this guy incurs any cost while I'm gone, you can charge it to my account. In other words, here's my credit card. You know, you run up the bill as much as you need to take care of this man. And then, uh, J- then Jesus says, which one was the neighbor to this man? And that's what, then they're, well, the one who, you know, and Jesus says, hey, go now and do likewise. I was watching a, uh, speaking of neighbors, we were watching a, a documentary on Mr. Rogers. 
the other this week. I haven't seen the new movie. There's a newer movie that came out last year with with Tom Hanks. I'd love to see that movie. Uh, I heard it was very good. I hope they did a good job on it. But uh, you know, Mr. Rogers. I did not actually grow up watching Mr. Rogers. Um, for whatever reason, he was on when I was a child because he was on the air from like 1968 to the 2000s. Okay, um, yeah, long time. I mean, how many other shows are and and Mr. Rogers? Let me tell you this. First of all, that's a dorky dude right there. I mean, let's let's be honest, right? He even he what? Am I, Okay, I mean, he's just kind of, I mean, that's who he is. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not belittling him. I'm just saying he's kind of a, kind of a nerdy guy, kind of goofy. I mean, but I'm, I'm making a point with this. And <laughs> you're like, this is worse than when I criticize the newsboys. <laughs> I didn't criticize them. I just said I didn't like them. You know, I mean, I, I mean, they're nice. They're my neighbors. They're just, okay, so Mr. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Rogers is a little quirky, right? I mean, he's, would you agree? He's not like, you wouldn't expect, if you met him on the street, you wouldn't say, this guy is going to captivate millions of people for decades with his TV show. Let's be honest. You're not going to pick that guy. You're going to pick the charismatic one, the one who is good, you know, who is amazing in front of the crowd. But, I mean, this, this, this is a, you know, a very gentle, quiet man, a very unassuming man. And, you know, Mr. Rogers, um, but he, he was, who was everybody to Mr. Rogers? He's, they were his neighbor. And Mr. Rogers broke down all kinds of barriers because he, he would bring people on the show and, and do things that had never been done in the history of TV. And it wasn't an accident. It wasn't like, oh, we just had a random idea. You know, he, he would bring the disabled child in with the, with the wheelchair. And have a have a conversation with him because he wanted children to know this is a this is a real person. This you know they look different. They're dealing with different things. They've had a hard life, but hey, this person still has uh, you know has value. This person is is love. This person has has giftings in their life, and he'd have, have the conversation with this person to in order to break down the barriers and fears and misunderstandings that children would have towards one another. He was intentional. Man, it was so beautiful. They show this picture of, uh, and then Mr. Rogers sings the song, which is one of the songs he sings all the time is like about, I like you. Some of you can probably sing it because you actually watched the show and I was deprived and did not watch the show as a child. So, um, but here he is on, on, on television staring into this disabled child singing the songs of the word. And he's like, let's sing it together. I like you. I like, you know, it's, I like the way you're made. I like the way you do all this stuff. In other words, you're special. You're important. You're loved. And it's, it's so powerful because he was, he was, he had so much compassion. You know, Mr. Rogers, you know, he brought, uh, and a, a, a black man onto the show and they put their feet in the water together back in the, the late sixties where there's still, you know, segregation and there's still all that stuff going on in our country. I know we're not through it yet, but we've, we've come a good way, but hopefully we can keep going. But, um, you know, that was something like that was intentional. It's like, I'm going to put my feet 
in the water with a person of another color to break down the barrier to show you, hey, we're all human. You know, there, there is, there should be no barriers between us because of the color of our skin. So I, I heard this before that Mr. Rogers, he's, he's, was a believer in Jesus. A, a strong person, and he was actually a ordained uh, minister of the Presbyterian Church. And they didn't know what to do with him. Like, in other words, he, he didn't have a, they're like, we, we don't think we can give you a normal church. <laughs> See, they thought he was kind of quirky too. They're like, we don't, we don't know where you fit. So, so the presbytery, in, in the Presbyterian Church, they have a group of leaders that that kind of, lays their hands on you and commissions you as a minister and sends, you know, kind of sends you off and sets you apart. So the presidency gave him a special commission to be an evangelist to children through the media. It's off the internet. It doesn't lie. (laughs) Fred Rogers, faith, surfaced in subtle, indirect ways that most view, that some viewers might miss, but it infused all he did. He believed, quote, this is a quote from, from Fred Rogers, the space between the television set and the viewer is holy ground. But he trusted God to do the heavy lifting. The wall of his office featured a framed picture of the Greek word for grace, which is charis, C-H-R-A-R-I-S, a constant reminder of his, of his belief that he could use television, quote, for the broadcasting of grace through the land. Before entering the, that office each day, Rogers would pray, Dear God, let some word that is heard be yours. Rogers told kids they mattered, that they're worthy of love, and that the emotions were to be embraced, not buried. He spoke to children like grown-ups and helped them tackle topics such as anger, trust, honesty, courage, and sadness. Really was a, a great a great man. I mean, he 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 thought his television show was his pulpit to preach the gospel. Now he couldn't mention Jesus, and but that didn't stop him. I mean, he used everything he could to display the good news of Jesus. When there were fans that would interact with him. In those moments was, you know, he would, he's written, you know, there's fans that have put stuff that says he wrote back and talked about, yes, I, I love Jesus. I've got a personal relationship with him and all this stuff. When they would write to him, he would write back and express his, his faith more directly. Uh, while he was on the air, he wasn't, you know, that wasn't what he was able to do. Uh, and he might not have been able to have as broad a viewing if he would have tried to take that direct approach right away. Uh, but I believe what Fred Rogers had was the heart of God. 
because if if you see when you saw him interact he would he would bring people on and he would he would love them he would he would look at them and they were the most important person in the world at that moment to him and it wasn't a, it wasn't just a uh, one of the, one of the one of the guys talked about it there was a uh, a musician who was also disabled and so he had to had to walk in with with crutches and so he talked about his playing his instrument and talked about his disability and just just broke down all kinds of barriers um and um you know Mr. Rogers is this guy said, you know, you see Mr. Rogers on TV and you meet him behind the set and you're like, "Oh, it's the same guy." <laughs> it's the exact same person. I met him and he said, "Hi, I'm Mr. Rogers. It's so nice to meet you." I'm glad, you know, he was exactly like he was on TV. He's like he's like he was exactly the same off the air. Like that is who exactly who he was. He wasn't it wasn't a persona. It wasn't a it wasn't an acting job. He wasn't an actor. He was a person living his heart out, and he really believed, he intentionally said, I'm going to change the next generation. I want to have an impact on them. And, uh, you know, there's people all through the ages, you know, some of them haven't quite come to Jesus yet, but they've had the seed of love planted. They've had a seed of kindness planted in them. They've had a seed of, of the value of life planted in them. They've had a seed of the intrinsic value of, of personhood planted in them because he had the heart of God. And all I know is this: I need more of that. I, I just need, I just need more of that. Whatever he had, I need more of it. As Jesus, I need Jesus to take my heart and continue to form it into the image of Jesus Christ, into the image of Himself, uh, because that's the only way. I can truly be effective for him. Again, it's not so I just sit here and receive from Jesus because that's that's just me becoming a consumer Christian where I'm just consuming, you know, truth. And like, oh, that was so exciting. Oh, I'm so exciting. I don't want to just be a consumer of truth. I want to be I want to be a person who has truth on their heart so much that it that it that it has to come out to people. That I don't have to become someone else. I don't have to, when the cameras are rolling, that I don't have to become a different person because it's not who I really am. But it's because the cameras are always rolling and I'm always with Jesus that he is making me who I'm supposed to be. So let's pray. Lord, we we just we thank you for truth and we thank you for the truth of Jesus and your heart. And we are just thankful that you are awakening your church to not just have the right truth in our head, but to have the truth and the love in our hearts, God. Give us give us a heart to see people like you see them. Lord, it helps us be more unselfish. It helps us be more self, more unselfish. Lord, when we're so selfish and focused on ourselves, uh, we're not having compassion for people. But when we can, we can have our heart be turned towards someone else. We we take our eyes off of who we are, and we put it on them and place value in their life. And so, Holy Spirit, you're the you're the Holy Spirit who fills us with love. You're the one who gives us the love of God. 
uh, that's in Christ Jesus, we just we just invite you, Holy Spirit. And you just ask the Holy Spirit to just just do that in you right now yourself where you're at. Holy Spirit, we just I just invite you. We invite you to fill our hearts. We invite you to make us more like Jesus. We invite you to give us compassion. Lord, that we can see people as heaven sees them, as the Father sees them. Lord, and we know that when we have your heart, you've also given us your hand. You've given us your power to release uh, the power of the kingdom of God, whether that's through a kind word, whether that's through a prayer, whatever it is, God, we want to be releasing that wherever we go in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.